Welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Pelazon, head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And today I'm going to be talking about product versus service-based businesses. And before you turn me off and switch over to your favorite murder podcast, I promise this is going to be really exciting and interesting. I know it's not like, uh, it doesn't sound like a super sexy topic, but it is. This topic is fooling you. This topic is dressed in baggy sweatpants, but it's actually wearing like Fenty by Rihanna lingerie underneath. It's super hot. <laughs> and really cool. So like give it a chance. And I'm going to try and keep this episode super short and like spunky. So you can get your murder podcast in 10 minutes. Hold the phone because I think that what I'm going to tell you today will actually change your life significantly, especially if you are a conscious consumer or if you are an intuitive business owner or want to own an intuitive business. Because I'm going to talk about the difference between basically all businesses, which are can be allotted into either product-based business or service-based business. And this matters because if you're starting an intuitive business or you have an intuitive business, understanding the bones and the energy, like big E energy, the energetics, I hate that word, but I can't think of a better word, behind your business can really help you determine, first off, what you need to do in order to get where you want to go with the work that you're doing but also the energy behind it. And if you can keep up with it, if it's right for you, or if you need to maybe take into consideration another type of business or business model. And if you're not an intuitive business owner and you're not interested in starting a business, side note, I wasn't either, but it still happened to me. But let's say you're like, no, never for me. I will not do it. You're probably a conscious consumer and you probably want to invest in people and services and products and companies that really matter and want to do good in the world. And to be totally honest with you, it's really hard to discern, at least for me, the difference between awesome, amazing, authentic, and integrous companies in this world and companies that just have a really great brand <laughs> and look really nice and shiny from the outside, but aren't when you really pull back the veneer are kind of rotten and icky underneath because we live in this digital age and culture where branding and imagery and the perception can be misconstrued with the truth or reality. Gosh, we see it time and time again. Think about WeWork. Think about Elizabeth Holmes and that whole nonsense. Honestly, like so many venture back companies, but that's a story for another day. And why does this matter? Well, when you understand the types of businesses that exist and the energy behind them, you almost have x-ray vision because you're, you're going to be able to like kind of pull the curtain back on the brands and products and services that you might be thinking about buying from or, you know, getting involved with as a consumer. And when you understand sort of like how the back end is running, that gives you more transparency on how the whole system functions. And you can probably get more clarity as to whether that's something that you want to partake in or not. So I think this is going to be useful for everyone. And I'm guessing it will be life-changing for at least one person and maybe that person will be you. So let's talk about it. Service-based business, what does that mean? A service-based business is basically where you're offering a service in exchange for currency. So you're offering your time for money. Often service-based businesses are one-to-one -one models. So you are going in and you're seeing one client or you're seeing one person or maybe like a small group of people. So an example of a service-based business would be coaching or being a nutritionist or being even a doctor. That's a service-based business. A plumber, a dentist, all of these are service-based businesses, right? And service-based businesses are 
honestly where a lot of us start on the entrepreneurial journey or when we start our businesses. Consultants, if you've ever been a freelancer or an independent contractor, you've run a service-based business. I've done plenty of service-based work and service-based businesses in my time. My first job out of college when I set off at 21 to be a professional modern dancer in New York. I was getting paid $10 an hour to perform as a modern dancer. And I obviously had to have multiple second jobs or third jobs, fourth fourth jobs, part-time jobs. All at the same time, I was a waitress at Cipriani. I worked at Lululemon. I tutored for the SAT. I tutored kids for the SAT. And I also was a trainer and a nutritionist at a very bougie club in a fitness studio in Tribeca. And I remember sitting on the train, I would have to take the 4.30 a.m. train from Bushwick to Tribeca because I was teaching class at 6. And the next train was like at 5.15 and I wouldn't get to work on time if I took that. So I had to take the late night train because it was still late night and get on the 4.30 train. And I remember sitting on the train on the L going all the way over to 6th Ave and writing in my planner. Okay, if I teach 17 hours this week, then I'm going to make X amount of dollars. And okay, if I can just like book eight more sessions, I'm going to make, I'm going to break, you know, X amount of dollars or I'll be able to pay my rent or I'll be able to like have 200 bucks for groceries for the month, which would be awesome. I can go shop at Whole Foods, you know? And that to me is like the epitome of a beginning service-based business practitioner of just like thinking about how you can trade your time for money. And the more that you work, the more you're going to get paid and not thinking about things like maybe I should raise my rates or mm, gosh, what if I'm tired? Like maybe I should take a day off. And don't get me wrong. I think having a service-based business is awesome. There's tons of pros. I mean, you get to have personal one-on-one relationships with your clients, which is so sweet. Like I love that aspect of running a service-based business. I'm still friends with so many of the people that I used to, to teach and train, but also many as a consultant, you know, almost a decade later, I'm still really connected to a lot of the companies that I worked with, which was really cool and got to create awesome relationships with incredible teams. You also get to, as a service-based business, you don't have to have a huge audience. You don't have to be amazing at marketing. You can have, you know, just a couple of clients and be seeing them regularly and still make a decent wage. I think when I was making the most amount of money and I'd been doing, you know, one-on-one for a while, I had like 10 clients that I would see two or three times a week. And that was awesome because I had my set group of people. And of course, I'd seen, you know, up to 30 people in a week. But I had my set group of people, my core clients. They were consistent. They came back to me. And it was a really great gig because I could rely on them and I could still get paid. And I didn't have to market myself, right? I didn't have to like go pit myself out on Instagram or build a huge email list audience, or even make a ton of content. I got so many of my referrals through word of mouth because I really encouraged my clients to do that and rewarded them for it, which is what I teach in IWA, the Infinite Well Accelerator, which is for our service-based practitioners. And that was awesome. I mean, I also totally got to hide (laughs) by not like showing my face and showing myself out there. So in some ways I was keeping myself a little small, but it's okay. We can forgive old Michelle for doing that. And then finally, you know, one of the pros of having a service-based business is that if you want to get paid more, you increase your prices or you increase the number of hours you're working. And often when you increase your prices, the caliber of your clientele goes up. Not meaning that rich people are better or people who pay more money are better than other people, but typically the correlation is people take it more seriously when something's more valuable to them. 
So if they have to invest more money into something like a one-on-one session, they're not going to come 10 minutes late if it's expensive, you know? I roll into my therapist's office sometimes two minutes late, three minutes late. But if I was paying my therapist a thousand bucks an hour, you bet your ass I'd be there five minutes early. I'd like come correct with like prepared to answer my questions, right? Or ask her my questions. So you get to get taken a little bit more seriously by increasing your prices. And that can make your life easier if you are in a service industry. But there's definitely some cons to service-based businesses too there's a price ceiling. At a certain point, you can't work more hours. And unless, you know, you can't work like 60 hours a week. And you also can't continue to just raise your prices. You especially can't raise your prices super steeply and expect to keep all of your clients around. You can't go from $100 an hour to $700 an hour in one year. So it's difficult to scale your salary exponentially. It also is like kind of shitty to do that, I think, to raise your prices so much because you begin to become cost prohibitive. And that makes it really hard to have equity or inclusion in your business. Even with service-based practitioners who, you know, want to respect their own time and only work a few hours a day, while that's wonderful and it's important for them to have set up standards and boundaries for themselves, it's not very inclusive. Think about all the people that are working in the middle of the day that can't do an 11 a.m. tarot card reading. I think about, you know, the single mom who could only schedule a workout at I don't know, eight o'clock at night because she was working in the day and in the morning she was taking her kids to school. And like, that was the only time she had for herself. And so if you're limiting your schedule or you're limiting the number of people that you can reach by increasing your prices because you just become out of reach for people, then it's harder to have build equity into your business. There are still ways, but I would say it's a little bit more limiting. And then finally, you know, if you get sick or injured, or let's say you're a woman and you get pregnant and you want to have a baby, then you're kind of screwed with a service-based business unless you have a great community of people who can support you or a partner who can support you or a business partner who can support you or just like awesome savings. Because if you're not working, then you're not getting paid. And that is one of the bummers of a service-based business. The energy of service-based business, capital E energy, is when it's light, it's definitely caretaker, advocate, servant, right? Like that's the servant archetype. And that can be amazing. That can be really beautiful. That's very much like so many people who identify as healers, they really actually identify more as the servant to the people that they're here to help. And I think that's really beautiful. But on the flip side of that, the shadow of that is the slave, right? That's the shadow archetype to the servant when it's out of balance, but also the opposite of the slave would be the guru. So someone who is like lording over and honestly, like, yo, it's 2021. Can we just retire the guru language? Like anyone who's still using that moniker, I feel like you need to just check yourself and not anymore because gurus are, I mean, like if you're, especially if you're like a white person in the yoga space, like you shouldn't, I, I can't speak to other cultures, but like if you're a white person living in the United States and you're using the name title guru and you're, just like, don't, you know, I don't know. That's me. But anyways, gurus, this like, let's take the gurus off of the altar, off of the pillar, off the pedestal and like bring our center back to ourselves. And what often can happen in service-based businesses, especially when people bump their prices up super high is that they become the guru, the like 
elite, the super difficult VIP, impossible to get access to person. And that is so such an ick paradigm and not what we're moving into in 2021, in my humble opinion. It's kind of gross. It's very elite. It's like you have to be part of the secret club in order to get this thing that's going to help you progress your life forward. And like that's objectively not dope. So that's what a service-based business looks like. And you might be like, okay, maybe I don't want to run a service-based business anymore. Maybe I want to move out of running a service-based business. And that would probably usually mean that you're running a product-based business. A product-based business is exactly what it sounds like. It's when you're exchanging a product that you can either hold in your hand or that you can load up on your computer for currency. The cool thing about products is that, honestly, there are so many different types of products available, but they can be enjoyed separate of you. So you don't need to be there in order for someone to, I don't know, love your tarot deck, right? You don't have to physically be in front of them or be on the phone with them in order for them to get value out of that. So the pros of product-based businesses are that they're super scalable, meaning that they can reach many people. These business models are called one-to-many. So the information from one person can be like totally in very like age of Aquarius fashion, like just dispersed to the masses and also can usually be done at a very affordable price and a much more affordable price than a service-based offering sometimes. Also product-based businesses are cool because they're closer to a passive income and to a more flexible hour situation. You know, when you have a service-based business, you're at the back and call of the clients that book with you and when they want to work with you. But when you run your own business that's based on products, you can kind of pick and choose when you want to show up and how you want to run your days for the most part, other than the client, you know, customer service stuff. And while you are never, I don't really believe, I think passive income is a myth. Like we always have to do a little bit of work and be in action in order to make money. Even if it's just auditing our systems and checking in and making sure that things are running smoothly, it's passive income is like kind of not a thing. You get closer to it. It's far less hands-on. It's way, I would say in many ways easier. It's less time intensive because you're not trading time for money. You're trading a product for money. And that offers you a lot more freedom and flexibility. And like I said, you also can create a range of affordability when you have products. So you can have a tarot card deck that's $9, a tarot card deck that's $40, and then, you know, the gold embossed tarot card deck that's $300. And you're not cost prohibitive to the majority of people. You still are creating some access and some inclusivity with people who want access to your services, which is pretty cool. Or, and by services, I mean to what you've made, to like what you can offer them. And one of the coolest things that most people don't think about is that when you have a product-based business, you're not tied to the biz, you know? You're not the reason that people buy. You might be an influential aspect of why people buy something from you, but you're not the only reason. The reason that they're buying your product is because of the product, because the product's good. So that means that you can sell your business or get acquired. And I think that most of us small business owners think that we either have to go bankrupt or like close down the business because we're bored and like shut it down forever when we're done working on a project. And in reality, like you actually have so much more flexibility. 
And it is so normal for small businesses that make 100 to 500K a year to get acquired. It's called a micro acquisition or to get sold that are running smoothly, that have a product and they have a reliable, repeatable income. And they're not tied to one individual. And people that are multi-time entrepreneurs want to buy and invest in those businesses and see them grow and scale them. So that's a really cool option that I don't think a lot of people think about. And then actually, I think more people would start businesses if they realized they could sell or get their business acquired at some point in the future. But there are, of course, some cons to product-based businesses too. You got to be good at production and at creation and at marketing. In order to get to scale, you need to get in front of more people. So if you're not down to market your product and what you do, then that's going to be a problem. Plus, if you're making physical products, there is an environmental load. So you're making an impact on the planet. And that probably is not going to be the same as a service-based business. Even with a digital product, there's still you know, costs to Mother Earth. It costs energy to run the internet, right? And to run all of these systems that we have and to to keep them going. So that's something to think about. You also have to have some unique method or formula or idea or perspective, something that stands out about you and the product that you're selling. You know, it might be your branding. It might be your copywriting. It might be some proprietary method or interesting, unique way that you're bringing a product to the world. But you have to have something that's going to make you usually stand out from the crowd. And sometimes that can just be the price. Maybe your price is much lower than other people's or much higher than other people's. But you need to think about that. Because a product is a product, it's not a person, you can't always just rely on your uniqueness being you, you know? So what's the big E energy behind a product-based business? Well, first and foremost, when it's light, product-based businesses really prioritize the customer, the consumer, the client. They are all about making that person happy and providing for them. And that prioritizes the community. And that also, in my opinion, when done well, it prioritizes transparency and enrolling your community in what you're building and why you're building it because you're making it for them. And I think that the best product-based businesses put the power back in the hands of the people who are buying those products. You know, I think about Nike, although Nike is like mm, borderline evil in some ways, it puts the power back in the hand of the athlete. You know, you don't run fast because you're wearing Nike shoes. You run fast because you're good at running. And it's great that you're wearing Nikes. They help you become the most youiest you. And when you look good and you feel good and you feel like yourself, then you're going to run faster. And that's pretty cool. And so basically the best products are say, you know what? You are the guru. Here's the information that you need in order to like take flight. But when they're shadowy, you know, product-based businesses can take advantage of people. They can perpetuate the oppressive systems of capitalism that include polluting the environment and taking advantage of people and prioritizing people over profits, not just the customers, but the people that work for businesses. And I also noticed that when the shadowy elements of selling products like digital courses or digital memberships can sometimes get into the territory of almost like a snake oil salesman. And to be totally fair, that's across the board, whether you're in a service-based business or a product-based business. If you haven't been able to get results for people or for yourself, and you're trying to sell other people on what you do, then you got to take a step back and really connect with yourself and say, can I authentically help people with what it is that I say I can? 
And then finally, there's sort of like this third secret option, which is a productized service, which is sort of a hybrid of these two methodologies. And it's basically exactly what it sounds like. So when you take a service, perhaps like, let's say you're a social media consultant and you help people get more followers on Instagram. And, you know, you realize that you're not scalable. You don't want to do this forever by yourself, but you want to make more money or you want to help more people. Great. You can create a productized service. Basically, you automate parts of that service, perhaps like the intake form and the methodology that you take in order to like get people more followers or whatever it might be. And you create a system around it and then you hire people to be on your team to learn that system. Or perhaps you like create a whole methodology and you sell that unique methodology and system to individuals as a product. So you're effectively taking something that you did one-on-one as a service and you're making a product out of it. And either you or other people are performing that as a service for your clients. And so many service-based businesses turn into product-based businesses, which I think is the most important thing. Because after you spend a significant amount of time being in service, working one-on-one with people, you begin to develop your own unique method or formula or perspective framework because you've seen it work over and over and over again, and you've been able to get results for other people. And it puts you in the perfect position once you've been really in your field for a while and you've helped lots of people and you want to scale yourself. Maybe you want to work less to build something like a digital course or a product or a membership community, which are all digital products technically. And and sets you up for success and really sets you up to help others. So there's lots of food for thought there, but especially just thinking about the energetics of your business, I would have you ask yourself, what is it that I want in the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years? How do I want to spend my time? What's important for me in terms of being well-resourced? And how do I want to relate to my work? Is it something that I want to continue to do by myself one-on-one with people? Is it something that I want to create more of a community around? Is it something that perhaps I want to have people working with me, sort of like an agency model or like a company, a real company? And fill into that for yourself. And that will help you decide if you want to be a service-based business or a product-based business or create a little hybrid of that, a productized service. And if you're not thinking of starting an intuitive business and you're, you're a conscious consumer, then ask yourself, who do I want to support? What types of businesses matter to me? What are of these am I most sort of like relating to and connecting with? And how can I support more of that in the world? Okay, that's all I have for you today. I tried to keep it super short. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know by tagging us at Holisticism on Instagram or popping into the DMs. I love to hear from you and I so appreciate when you share this podcast with people. You know, we make it for free. It costs us some money to put it out every week. And one of the best ways that you can spread the love and that you can pay it forward is by sharing this with your people and your friends. And that's it. That's all I got. Okay, have a great rest of your day and I will see you on the internet. Bye. Okay, I forgot one last thing. We're doing a mega giveaway at Holisticism for the next week. It's the ultimate intuitive entrepreneur giveaway package. And basically, January was like the longest month of all time, and we wanted something to 
excite and inspire and I don't know, make people feel special. So the Holisticism team put together our favorite and most inspirational items that we use day to day and that we sort of dream about having, to be quite honest with you, for workflow. And we put them all together into like a, this gigantic gift basket, basket that we're going to be sending to one lucky winner. Inside of the basket is over $1,500 worth of products and exciting, delicious things. You could win things like a higher dose sauna blanket, which is basically like this blanket you climb into, kind of like a human hot pocket, and you sweat out all your toxins, and it's amazing. And oh my God, I want one so bad, which is $500. That's It's a pricey blanket, but dang, is it worth it. I've done it before. It is sweet. You also get a work from home ergonomic desk. These things are amazing. They're beautiful. Google workfromhomedesk.com. Oh my God. It's this gorgeous, like, you know, uh, walnut blonde standing desk that is just like so deliciously minimalist and gorgeous and sort of like the, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the Netherlands inspo of your dream desk. It's so cute. Uh, you'll also win a within acupressure mat set, which my sister swears by, by the way. She said that changed her whole quarantine. A $200 gift card to bookshop.org so that you don't have to shop at Amazon anymore when you want new books. I also personally think that you should always buy the book. Like you're not on a book budget ever. Books don't count as part of the budget. So why not get a hundred, couple hundred dollars to bookshop? You'll get a Blue Yeti podcasting mic, which is a $130 value. So any of you out there thinking about starting a podcast, first off, so strongly recommend it. 10 out of 10 would do again. And get, get off on the right foot. I mean, audio quality matters. And this podcast mic will definitely help you. You'll also get a selfie ring light, a milk frother, which is personally my favorite work from home accessory of all time. It has increased my happiness level 10x, I would say. Uh, you'll get three bags of Clever clever, clever Blends. Ooh, it's hard to say. Adaptogenic superfood blends. These are super cool. They have three different flavors, cacao, matcha, and turmeric or golden milk. And in they're basically these powdered drinks that you just add water to, and they end up being like frothy and sort of milky. I'm pretty sure they're vegan. And they're loaded with adaptogens that help you focus, stay calm, and stay cool under pressure. Um, goes really well with the frother, if I do say so. And then finally, we'll set you up with an incense setup from PF Candle Co. Again, the incense the incense of choice at holisticism. So all of this could be yours uh, just by submitting to win. Uh, all you have to do is add your email to holisticism.com backslash giveaway. And the more people that you send the giveaway to, the more entries you get into the contest. So send it to your friends. I think you also get another entry when they sign up. So make sure that they sign up. And may the luckiest witch win. See you next week.